Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, White Sox fans. It is Southside Sox podcast number 136. We're off for like a month and then we're back. Bam, bam, two in a row. Hey, there's lots of stuff to talk about. Well, there isn't, but we just haven't talked to you for a while. So we're talking to you. Uh, if you hear some weird sort of like uh, a droning in the background, uh, technical difficulties. Okay. Nobody's snoring. Technical difficulties. Okay. Uh, we have a five pack of my favorite Southside Sox participants, writers, podcasters. Uh, they will be uh, chatting you up about uh, the state of the White Sox. And I think we, though we didn't do an immediate podcast, I don't know, it felt maybe a little odd to do too quickly. I know a lot of sites did, which is totally cool because we have to address the situation with Liam Hendricks. Uh, obviously, he was dealt some really, really devastating news. And of course, if there's anyone who's going to fight and beat the hell out of a uh, tough uh, diagnosis or even prognosis, it's going to be Liam Hendricks. And of course, he's one player in all of baseball that really any team, uh, any team's fans can get behind uh, to root for. Uh, so I guess we lead this thing off, um, you know, of course, not about the uh, ramifications for on the field because the White Sox are already <laughs> in trouble. Uh, this doesn't help, uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about um, just your actions to the news and, um, you know, thoughts about Liam, uh, anything you want to throw out there? Because obviously this has been a, a pretty jarring and <laughs> absolutely and completely unexpected uh, to hear that this prime athlete is going to be facing the challenge that he is. So any thoughts there? I, I think for me, one of the things when I first um, heard about it was like Liam is such 
like a giving person and like, no matter what team he's been with, that's been very clear that giving back to the community has been huge for him. And I know for people who are givers, when they're hit with a hard situation like this, that it's often hard for them to be the receiver. So I really hope that him and Christy during this time can really let people like give to them. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my hope for them, I guess, in this is that because they have showered so many people and been so wonderful to animals and people um, and environments and, and pretty much anything you can imagine that during this time, they'll kind of let that sense of community envelop them and help them get through the hard part and, and um, heal and move forward as quickly as they can. I think it merits mentioning, let me jump in. I always, I always hand the microphone off and then jump back in like an idiot, but merits mentioning that uh, two of our participants here really did cover that story for us in, uh, you know, and obviously it's a very challenging one. Uh, Dante was right on it. Uh, Dante Jones uh, writing the piece, uh, obviously, you know, inserting, you know, his own, you know, sort of personal experience, family experience there and getting a nice um, quick, but um, very uh, special and moving piece out there, you know, the night of the news. And then uh, I thought Melissa had a very, again, this is not a beat anybody wants, of course, uh, had a very um, um, clever and upbeat and and positive uh, spin on it rather than what Liam, you know, faces uh, looking ahead. But really, hey, here's a way to support him, and that is support this guy's causes. He has been so front and center, as as Melissa just mentioned. Uh, then to put a story out there uh, with links, uh, I thought was very useful and a great resource, and I appreciate her doing that. And of course, Dante, for covering Night Of, even though it was a little difficult to get rolling. I, I appreciate both of you doing that. Uh, and again, I'll I'll step away from the mic now. Uh, other thoughts about Liam and, 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 you know, how we're looking at things? It's one of those things where I was just crushed because – I feel like every single person on this Zoom call right now has dealt with some form of this, whether it's, you know, a family member, a friend, anything. And, you know, I've lost friends to cancer that were, that hadn't even reached 40 yet. So, you know, it's, it's something crushing. Um, And it's one of those things where he's like the toughest guy on the team. You know, he's so lively and active, but just, amazing and it's one of those things where you just you realize how real and how scary cancer can be because it can happen to anyone including like your favorite closer on your favorite team so it was just so surreal to me to realize that like he's in phenomenal shape he's an amazing human being and he can still get it so yeah a real bummer yeah. Anyone else? This, no, we don't have to have a round table on Liam Hendricks, but uh, anyone else want to jump in? Go yeah, on. yeah. Just great, great job to Dante and Melissa on all the coverage and um, very well said right there. Uh, it's almost, honestly, it is it is almost difficult to not have a little bit of uh, a little bit of anger filter in there at just sort of the rote unfairness of the whole thing. You know, it's um, Liam has, by all accounts, been nothing but a light and a source of positive energy in just about every clubhouse he's ever been in. Um, And, you know, characters like him with what he does on and off the field, there are just far too few of them uh, in the sport of baseball in general. And it's really it is devastating to see something like that happen to, you know, not 
it's hard to say that anyone deserves these things, but as someone who unequivocally really does not, does not deserve to have to go through something like this. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, echo everything Melissa says and hope and believe he'll get all the support. And, you know, no one is by the same token going to, uh, deserve it more when he makes his comeback and we'll get to step out in the mound again. And, um, you know, we know he's going to make the most of that moment too. So, yeah, for sure. um, yeah we're, we're all with him, of course. So. Yeah. That's uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. The whole situation obviously is a very, very bad one, and it's really a you know, tough one, um, to discuss. And yeah, it's obviously just, um, yeah, not yeah. Obviously, I'm unhappy to, that we're you know having this conversation you know today about this, but um, yeah, one thing that's been good to see is, you know, all of the overwhelming support you see across the baseball community online about, you know, even, you know, fans of other teams uh, have, I've seen them, you know, kind of chipping in and saying like, you know, we're in you know, 100% of Liam Hendricks. And, you know, that's been uh, nice to see the community kind of come together over, over this. Um, and um, yeah, like you said, like, you know, it's, yeah, if, if there's anyone who is, going to fight this with everything they have it's it's probably liam Hendricks. um you know such a um yeah he's just a very fierce competitor and um yeah um i i do think that um he will um he will be able to recover from it and that's you know nothing i would hope for more than that it's always like oh go ahead nante I was gonna say, uh, first things first, excuse my French, but fuck cancer. <laughs> like, that's first of all, because, uh, uh, like everybody said, it's just, it's one of those things, like, when you hear about it, you kind of go numb because you don't expect, like, you don't expect to get that news. Cancer is not something that you, when you hear cancer, you're just like, oh God, is this wasn't gonna, you know, you right. think the worst. Right. So, I'm happy that all of us and most people I've seen completely took the baseball aspect out of thing out of this form because at the end of the day, baseball is a game that we all enjoy, but it's a game versus Liam Hendricks' life, and that matters so much more. And you know, to someone that as far as we know is just such a great person, it sucks to see. And at the end of the day. I have full faith that he will fight harder than anyone's fought against cancer before. He will be on the mound again. Whether in a White Sox uniform or not, he will hit take the mound again. And I'm gonna just I might be a bucket of tears when he does it, but <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah. It's interesting too. Uh you know, you have a I mean we've all obviously as as, as Crystal explained, you know, we've all personally um, if not literally, personally, certainly close to us, friends, family, uh, older, younger, uh, ha- have dealt with this, if not specifically even cancer, um, terrible diagnosis, diagnoses, uh, accidents, uh, sports, baseball, the White Sox is sort of our safe haven. And of course, our safe haven is ruined on a weekly basis by decisions made, Rick Hahn flapping his lips, Jerry Ryan's up doing whatever, Tony Russo getting hired it, it, and so on. But I mean, that's an entirely different category. 
part of my reaction is, you know, this is usually something you think of. There's, there's 29 other teams. You think of it as being a challenge that maybe Trey Mancini in Baltimore is going through or, you know, a, a player on the Cubs or with the Yankees or a minor leaguer. And, you know, rarely does, and not that it, not that it changes things out that you still don't w- wish for that person to, you know, recover and, and be able to fulfill their career, but rarely does it hit, you know, right on, on your doorstep. And, 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 and certainly it doesn't mean I, you know, I, I care any, any more or less. I'm not callous toward it if it's not on the White Sox, but the idea that this is, I mean, literally our, you know, what, you know, one of our top players, uh, certainly our top character, our top leader, our top, you know, with, with Jose Abreu going, um, our, our top carer on the team. It's like, wow. I mean, it really couldn't hit you between the eyes any more than that. Not to say if, you know, it was, uh, it was Carlos Perez having a hard uh, diagnosis, it wouldn't hit us any differently, but, um, you're sort of used to looking at it, you know, sort of across the aisle. And the fact that now it's landed right here in, in Sox Park and in that clubhouse uh, and, you know, with the team that we love so much, it, you know, it actually makes your head spin just a little bit more. It's just, it's a different, different sense of, of numbness than it would be when you're hearing about a diagnosis or even an, an accident that does befall, you know, players in the minors or even in the major leagues. Um, on the Liam Hendricks note, of course, we are, you know, a hundred percent, um, supportive. Uh, again, Melissa's article, great, uh, thing to look up. Probably should, uh, pin it somewhere on the site just so people can refer to it and, and check out the sort of things that it meant so much to him. It doesn't necessarily reflect what your beliefs or supports, or political leanings, et cetera, are. But you know what? What he's supporting isn't political. It's, it's, it's human. It's, it's, it's animals. Um, uh, there's a number of different things that he's really put, you know, he, he's a guy who, <laughs> walks the walk and uh so we should pin that uh pin that piece so that people if if uh, you are interested in supporting the types of things that he supports and that all of us here at Southside Sox can get behind uh check it out it's a great piece and, and really well timed and thank you Melissa let's uh use this as a time to take a break and um address the team guess we got to do it uh we couldn't talk about Liam for 30 minutes. So I guess we got to talk about the White Sox. All right. Stick with us if you want to. I promise it'll be fun. We'll cuss or something. Uh, hang with us back in a minute. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here. Lucky enough to be hosting Southside Sox podcast number 136. Man, they're coming fast and furious now. In just a matter of a few days, we're going to be having our, I know Joe Reese is going to be around for it, our Cooperstown ballot discussion. Yeah, different than what we're going to be talking about here in the second half. And what we're going to be talking about first and foremost is again, what new Melissa Sage Molenbach writing, uh, the, 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 the pre arb article and then the post arb article because White Sox players didn't get to arbitration. And as usual, the White Sox just get close enough to what the agreed upon, if we want to say it that way, uh, MLB trade rumors, arbitration estimates are, and the White Sox always just managed to fall just a little bit short just to say they could take that. Rick Hahn can take that back. It's like the episode of The Office where uh, where Michael Scott gets to, he has the option of keeping the 600 bucks so he can go and buy a fur coat at Burlington Co. Factory. Somehow, Rick Hahn thinks he's going to get that money kicked back to him by Jerry Reinsdorf. And who knows? Maybe he will. 
Uh, great news is no arbitration, no ugliness there. White Sox has settled with all five of their arbitration players. And are we happy about that? Oh, I could tell we're happy. It's whatever, man. It's whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's no Lucas Giolito um, soap opera this year, I guess. <sighs> I'm just, I don't care. I'm just happy that like Dylan got paid. That was the only thing I actually felt like I cared about. But man, I'm just so sick and tired of their dumb drama. Mm-hmm. Think about all the basketball cards that Dylan, I don't know if anybody ever watched any of his videos. He, him and Carlos Rodon like opened basketball cards together. I guess they want to be like basketball card investors. So just think that, about the amount of basketball cards you can open now. Those are my favorite videos. And sometimes <laughs> I go back and just rewatch them. Just in the armpit of the ballpark. <laughs> like, oh, I need some serotonin. Let's go watch Dylan and Carlos Rodon open cards. A bunch of Gatorade towels in the background. <laughs> That's just, if you're lacking <sighs> serotonin, just go uh, watch those. Carlos, oh, come back. Look where he is now. I, I think for me, the the um, arbitration, yeah, kind of like Crystal, it was just like, okay, well, good. There's no drama and we did what we needed to do. And, you know, that was good. But the the, Ho- the Jose Ruiz um, thing mm-hmm. did get some discussion going in mm-hmm. our staff um, <laughs> Slack. And so we, we were pretty heated one way or the other about like whether mm-hmm. or not the Sox should have spent the money or, you know, whether it was a fine signing. So that one... Um, was a little bit, I guess, uh, debatable. Yeah. Contrarian Darren Black always finds a position to take against whoever is, you know, pro or con. So uh, Malachi, I think, was definitely, I think he was the biggest con on Ruiz. And, you know, of course, Darren was, you know, defending him. But, uh, and, and here's the truth to reflect what uh, uh, O'Keefe was saying is like, yeah, okay, he's a 26 man. And, and I think uh, Malachi's point of like, well, he shouldn't be guaranteed a spot on the team because he's, he's a definition of, of mediocre, but I'm not sure if the White Sox can be choosers at this point. I guess the, the Ruiz's are a dime a dozen, Malachi. Well, I mean, it's less an issue of being choosers. It's the fact that even if you can't be a chooser, there are still Jose Ruiz's out there. Um, he is, He's a replacement level pitcher. All the best to him personally, but he has uh, shown very little over the last three years that he's someone that you really have to be guaranteeing a deal to. He did, you know, he has some of those nice numbers from the 2021 season, which as I brought up in the aforementioned discussion, which I probably, you know, was, you know, spoke, spoke a little bit strongly in, but um, yeah, he was like statistically throwing in some of the lowest leverage situations in all of baseball. And that's not just been, that wasn't just true in 2021. It's been true for, all three of the full seasons is, he's played, like there's there's a stat you can look at the average leverage index for when a reliever comes into a game, and that kind of tells you, gives you the, the sense of uh, whether they're you know being brought into the game in big spots or whether it's you know low leverage, garbage time stuff. And so you know if it's a guy who for three years running, you don't want to use him outside of the lowest of low leverage situations when you're a team that you know nickel and dimes your your ace when you do the things the white Sox do I, we don't have to enumerate them here when you operate the way the white Sox do you know guaranteeing a roster spot and an mlb salary is as small as it might be good for him for getting paid but you know when you when you operate with that kind of mom and pop spendthrift attitude then you know guaranteeing money to the 25th man on the roster is just an objectively yeah. dumb decision you know so anyway I'll, sh- I'll shut up now. Maybe they're making progress because they didn't actually, I mean, I don't know if this by definition 
guarantees him roster. Obviously, they don't want to pay him a million dollars in the minors. But I mean, a year ago we gave Vince Velasquez, you know, three million, and even more importantly, the roster spot. So I guess technically they could just make sure Jose pays for the food spread for for weeks on end in Charlotte. And maybe you know it doesn't. This is the last thing I'll say on it. I'll, I will see the floor once again. Is that? <laughs> And the White Sox have a recent history as bad as they are in many aspects of development going back to, you know, Cody Hoyer and Matt Foster in 2020, 2021 and Aaron Bummer in 2019 and 2018. And, um, even, you know, some getting useful innings out of someone like Tanner Banks last year. And mm-hmm. the White Sox do have a pretty solid recent history of, you know, promoting arms from within and getting solid, mm-hmm. like, Again, a replacement level to slightly better than replacement level production from minor leaguers. You got Jimmy Lambert right there. He might be a solid reliever that we haven't even seen. Like, you know, why, why do we, why is this where the resources are going when you're going to give us Gavin Sheets in right field to start the season? You know, <laughs> we call this the Tommy Barbie corollary. Of course, Tommy, now he's going to take the other 11 months off because he was with us for every, uh, sacks of his podcast. So, you know. See you in November, Tommy. But yes, this is the point Tommy makes all the time. It's like, this is the one thing the White Sox can do. And yet we're paying a million dollars to Jose Ruiz, who didn't even come out of necessarily our organization and is a converted position player and, and so on. Hey, look at this. We got some mileage out of Jose Ruiz again. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's that? how you can get after him because he's so <laughs> my, mid. My express apologies for feeling strongly about Jose Ruiz. <laughs> we will tag him in this podcast. Um, I have my flaws. I think the, uh, and you know, of course we can um, still touch on, uh, ARB stuff as well, but I mean, I, I think, um, what broadens, um, what, what broadens the discussion now is the fact that the White Sox still have done, uh, nothing, very little, nothing. I think some less than nothing to improve the team. Uh, I don't think the numbers have changed a ton in that the White Sox and Dodgers were pretty much running neck and neck as, uh, teams that have lost the most war in this offseason. And of course, I think as pointed out very quickly uh, by anybody with any sort of baseball sense is that the Dodgers with like 18 top 100 uh, prospects uh, on a yearly basis, even though they seem to trade a handful away every year, uh, can afford perhaps some of those losses or maybe should even be trimming some of some of those guys. They got to trim something perhaps at some point to, to, to let the young guys into the majors. The White Sox have no such luxury. Uh, so clearly if there's a team that's taken the biggest step back just in the off season, it's been the White Sox. And it doesn't seem like, I mean, this, this is rinse repeat from a month ago or whenever we had our last podcast. It doesn't seem like anything's coming around the corner. It doesn't seem like there's a trade in the bag. It doesn't seem like there's even, um, a year ago when, uh, Rick Hahn made the curious decision to decide to pick up the option for Craig Kimbrell thinking, I don't know, thinking he was going to be able to make a magical deal. As it turns out, he made a better deal than any of us thought he could make. Um, White Sox don't even have that in their pocket, uh, any longer because their bullpen, I guess, you know, I guess that's the strength on this team, uh, is no longer a strength. Um, so is this just a, I mean, are we like doing a backwards walk or a death march to um, spring training at this point? Pitchers and catchers report and we just sort of breathe a, a death groan of, oh my God, here comes 2023. Uh, is there anything that is going to sort of uh, light the early 2023 before stuff starts to get rolling and it's too late? Dude, they got worse. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really did just completely backpedal any good that could come to 2023. Uh, they're going to be bad this year. 
It's going to be painful. I'm going to go to more Pirates games than White Sox games this year. I mean, not 47 wins bad, but bad. Probably below Maybe 500. Maybe like 53 wins. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Early sneak preview on the predictions podcast. Oh, <laughs> I'm out. Games, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, we've seen some bad White Sox teams over the last, as long as all of us have been alive. And... If they go like I think they're gonna win like eighty one games because they're mid. Like they are like perfectly mid. And they don't deserve any praise for being mid. Like it's what I was saying about um not the Yankees, but the um the twins a minute ago. They re signed Carlos Correa, as we all know. And it's like, yeah, you're still back to square one, so it doesn't matter. The White Sox didn't even do that. They don't have Jose um, Abreu anymore. And, you know, we can talk about that to the cows come home because it's still a stupid decision to let him walk when you probably could have paid him, especially when he was the best hitter on the team all of last year. But this team is designed to be mid. That's why you have the arbitration things where it's like, Rick Hahn's going to save you money. That's why he's been having this job forever, despite being bad at his job. And they don't get, like, we all know the saying, Jerry cares more about being in second place and making money than being in first place and winning championships, despite the fact that you make more money when you win. So this team's going to be mid. We're all going to cover them. We're all going to laugh while watching them because it's <laughs> almost Stockholm Syndrome at this point. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be yeah. fun in the sense that sometimes it's better to laugh than cry, and we'll all be laughing at this team instead of crying about them. And look how Sonny Dante is about this team. He thinks they haven't even taken a step back. He thinks it's going to be another 81-win season. So look at this. You may be the leader in the clubhouse right now, Dante, at 81 wins. <laughs> That's what I feel. I feel like another season of streaky coming. Like, just enough. They're going to win just enough for us to be like, ooh, maybe. And then they're going to lose enough to be like, God, they suck. And I, I just see another season of complete angst like that. Like, I think Dante is right. I think it's, you know, we're going to be like 81 and 81 or right, right around there. And the scary thing about that, Melissa, is because of just this turn of one year, we're all, you know, again, we're walking. It's like, it's, it's like a death march into, into 2023. If they do that, it's going to be like, oh, we're probably actually going to get pulled in in a way that like I actually say, oh, you know, right. They just got, they, they, they won four in a row to get to 500. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me when they're 10 over or when they're in first place. Uh, this year with low expectations, man, if they're better than 500, we're like, well, you know what? This was a step forward season, even though we're still in this contention window, the perceptions will have changed. And I'm sure at least if not us really smart Southside Sox writer fans uh, don't think that way. Well, the fan base in general, who can tend to maybe be at times a little bit broader on their in, in their takes, uh, will be like, oh man, yeah, they're coming back. This one young guy who's doing really well, they're coming back. Gavin Cheese isn't so bad in right field. Yeah, you know, we're going to get all sorts of really creepy takes. You have to say if... something like Gavin Cheese isn't bad in right field. There is no contention window. <laughs> the window got shut. Oh, I think the window is shut. Like, but I think we'll get confirmation. That window, that window was closed <laughs> so quickly. Again, thank you, Rich, um, Rick Hahn. I don't know if he goes by Richard or not, but if he does, he has a dick, so it makes sense. 
to Dante's point in his reference uh, that we've all lived through terrible seasons, actually that's specific. I was, I was about to ask everybody, okay, what's the worst season they've lived through? Technically, I think I was alive for, yeah, what I think I should know. I was alive in 1970 and that was, I believe, the most losses in White Sox uh, history. However, we have all lived through, because it was in the Rick Hahn era, three of the 15 worst White Sox seasons have come in the Rickon era. I doubt this year will actually scrape that low, but the precedent is set that almost every other year we we, we reach historic bad under Rickon. And uh Lord help us if that's what's ahead for us. Because as much as we want to laugh, Dante, it's just gonna be a six months of this. At least for like a month or two last year, we could sort of say, nah, this can't be happening, right? Oh, wait, come on. Brett, I'm working retail. I have to laugh at all of this. I'm used to laughing at pain. This is the, like, the White Sox lose anything more, if the White Sox lose anything less than 90 games, I'm going to be like upset and like annoyed, but I'll be fine. Sure. I'm just going to take it like, like another chef at the office. Well, I guess in my case, the pizza station. I'm already just dead inside. So like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're just going to get more snark somehow <laughs> in every single thing I publish. We're in, It's January. Also, We're in like, season form. <laughs> the fact that you're going to choose the Pirates. You're choosing the Pirates over the White Sox just shows only, how, em- like, that's emblematic of how bad this team is. But it's only because of Andrew McCutcheon. I wouldn't normally do Exactly. That. Yeah, like, and that's the same reason, like, I'm going, like, I'm, me and uh, Malik have been talking about at some point, we're making a trip to Seattle to see Julio and crew because, like, I need fun baseball. The White Sox aren't going to provide that. I can't go to more than three Cubs games a year without, like, throwing up a little bit inside as much as I love my dad. And, <laughs> like, there's not too many teams in the area. I guess I'll fake be a Brewers fan, but they're going to get rid of everyone, so they're out too. Um, I just need the Pirates to make our day and like take Gavin Sheets for uh, Gavin Sheets and prospects <laughs> that don't matter for Brian Reynolds, which they won't. <laughs> hey, at least Pittsburgh is a beautiful park. No, no, none better. So, I mean, they got that going for them, which, which we don't. No, no diss on Sox Park, but it's not PNC. Uh, anyone have any hope that, that there's still something to come that might brighten our spirits? Um, I think there was a little mixed feeling uh, before that Rickon might still have a move that could make us say, okay, maybe we're going to be a little, maybe we're going to be 83 win team. Yeah. Uh, I, before I give a prediction, I, I do have a response to that. Um, It's yeah. I mean, they last year they've they missed a lot of time of Luis Robert being really healthy. He has an enormous amount of potential Eloy Jimenez, I could see him easily clearing the 40 home run in a season mark. Um, if he's healthy, of course, that's a huge if, but you know, that could happen. Um, Giolito, I, we've seen him bounce back from being the worst pitcher in baseball in 2018 before. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't that bad in 2022 and he has a track record for being resilient and fixing errors. Um, and I, I do think he'll have a nice bounce back. And of course, the days of the one and two intentional walk are over. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's one fewer thing to be, um, worried about. Um, 
We presume but, it won't be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. If Griefall issues like an Owen to intentional <laughs> walk, if it, I because we killed him too. I'll quit cheering for this team. I think if that happens, <sighs> um, I, I. But yeah, like still, yeah, I, I do think they're a pretty darn average team in spite of all those reasons for hope. But I mean, I don't know if if things go their way, maybe they have a chance. Who like. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm not upset. I'm not, I'm not like as upset as a, a lot of the people here. It feels like, but um, it, yeah, still in 2023, this they should we shouldn't be going into the season thinking uh, this is probably about an average team. So that that in and of itself is disappointing. There's a schism forming in the Indianapolis field office. Stay tuned for the drama. Uh, Joe, you can pour mouth sort of at the end of that all you want. I think you have backed your way into the official pep talker for this season because uh, Dante was in 500. Man, Loy with, with 40 homers and Luis Robert is suddenly going to be healthy, man. I, I'd like the way you're thinking. I think, you know, you, you've been drinking, but I think that, uh, uh, you're the guy who is going to be, um, maybe in charge of the pep talk at this point, unless somebody wants to somehow outdo Joe going to the, into the season. Our prediction posts, our predictions posts, which have been over the top positive. Uh, first year, everybody predicted playoffs, but me, that's like 14 out of 15. Last year, everybody predicted playoffs. Not that that was, there wasn't crazy thinking. That was, you know, sort of taking the field there. Uh, it's going to be very different this year. Last year, I don't think anybody picked the Sox for less than 90 wins. I wonder if anyone will pick the White Sox for 90 wins, uh, this year. Just food for thought. Got a, you know, got a few months to put that together, but, uh, yeah, Joe, you might find yourself sort of near the top, even though you don't move. You might still just pick the same number each time. I might pick the same number each time, and we'll find the whole field has has fallen below us, uh, beginning with uh, Crystal at 53, and then somebody maybe will pick like 91. That's good. It's going to be a much crazier range. There has oh, yeah. to be balance in this office, okay? That's true. It's fair. It's very positive. <laughs> Half the pizza's pepperoni, you know, half a sausage. I, you know, I get it. Come on, you know, that's that's how it works. You got to get along. Jeez. Uh, all right. Well, Joe just gave us some sunshine there. Um, you know, but I mean, still so doesn't involve moves. I don't think there are moves we made. I mean, I, I don't know what Rick Han has up his sleeve, but <laughs> if he does have something, it's probably probably not going to be good. So maybe it's it's best that this this team stands pat and just hopes for better health. Uh, hopes that the division hopes that Cleveland falls to them and Minnesota, um, decides to be afraid to embrace, um, uh, um, the, the gift that was the first half of the season, uh, last year. Uh, still, it's hard to forget the fact that they looked so ready to quit just at the end of the first half. The Sox rolled over them and the Sox weren't rolling over anybody. Uh, that was really weird. I mean, they had the division sort in their hands and said, we don't want it. And then fell behind the White Sox. Very embarrassing twins. Sorry, crawl you want about bringing back Carlos Correa, but mm, that's the team you had last year with Carlos Correa. I believe Dante's pointed that out or somebody, uh, Jordan did. Um, uh, well, um, other thoughts? Are we excited about uh, this coming season or is this more like you sort of want to avert your eyes and maybe something good will happen that will get your attention? Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll cap this off with a strange little, little bit of, of semi, I don't want to say optimism, but maybe okay. I fall more on the Joe side of things. I think for, first I'll say that I, I don't think they're done yet. I don't think there will necessarily be an exciting move, but 
you know, some things, a, this off season hasn't necessarily progressed as planned. Generally speaking, I don't think most people or I doubt the Sox were anticipating Carlos Correa returning to the twins. Uh, they're almost certainly going to make a trade for a starting pitcher before the spring starts. They've been connected to Pablo Lopez of uh, Miami quite a bit already. They're they're probably not done either. Uh, you know, we get into a situation where Cleveland's for sure gotten stronger with Mike Zunino and uh, Josh Bell in addition to, you know, taking everyone by surprise just with Andres Jimenez and um, Ahmed Rosario and Josh Naylor all being better than anybody thought. Uh, you know, if, if Minnesota goes through with some of these moves, you know, there's still, there's still a fair number of free agents out there. I don't think it'll be a super exciting move but you know someone in that Adam Duvall mold might make sense between now and the spring because I still do you know when you have the twins bringing in Carlos Correa I, I just really have a hard time seeing going into the season with with you know Gavin Sheets in right field and some combination of you know Lenin Sosa and um, Romy Gonzalez whoever wins that battle in spring training both in the starting lineup I, I think that might be a little bit too much for even for even Rick to be able to save face with Um so, you know, as as pessimistic as I am and as much as it's likely to be a mediocre team, I think you also kind of have to think of it in the same way as last year when they're projected for 93, 94 wins and everyone was really happy. And given the offseason they were having, the thought was also, though, you know, this is a lot closer to like a mid-80s, low-80s win team than we might think because a lot of things could go wrong. And guess what? A lot of things did go wrong and it ended up even worse than that, actually. So, you know, if they they'll probably wind up with the projection in that 83, 84, 85 win range, um, maybe a touch lower, which I think our expectations are in line here. But, you know, there's a lot of things that could go right, too. I'm not expecting 95 wins in the same way I might have been a year ago, uh, but I'm not totally resigned to just another, you know, slow death march of a season. You know, I'm, there. there's, I think more of a chance that the course gets stayed a little bit than maybe we're giving it giving it credit for. Okay, I'm going to use Malachi's uh, Leori Garcia erasure to launch into a final speed round to wind up this podcast, and that is let's not forget that Rick Hahn absolutely backed into and lucked into two of his his top performing players last year. Johnny Cueto signed only because Lance Lynn only uh, we don't really know, but it's just sort of how it played out uh, because Lance Lynn busted his knee. Uh, and obviously he was a massively, uh, a, a huge part of the rotation. Uh, and <laughs> the gift that was, uh, uh, Elvis on, Elvis Onrus, um, from the A's basically literally, almost literally handed to the White Sox. So speed round question beginning with Malachi, uh, will the White Sox not, I'm not expecting Rick Hahn to pull that rabbit out of his hat in spring training or even during the season. Will he even between now and then pick up a positive war player for the team, uh, between now and opening day? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a stronger free agent presence now than there was at this time last year. Okay. Super Joe. Positive war. Yes, I do think so. Okay. It can be point one. It, it could be nothing, but it still counts as positive. Crystal, I think I know your answer, but give it to me anyway. I was going to say yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, keep the faith. Uh, Melissa. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think, I, like I think he's done. Think. I, yeah. I think he, I think he, I think he has, he got his Andrew Benatendi and he's just flying high as a kite and, yeah. and he's, he's good to go. So it's not necessarily that he won't pick up anybody. It's a pick up a guy who's negative. And not like, good. I see it. Yeah. Uh, Dante, what's your thoughts? Yes, because Juris and Profar, you are White Sox. <laughs> okay. Well, that that's what's going to happen. All right. That that's my count. predictions. Like Juris and Profar. I like Profar. that one. Too. I because like that. 
He's the um, last um what's he's the last Scott Boris Boris guy that I could think of that matters on the board. Okay. And if they want to do anything that's even slightly impressive, Joseph Profile just checked to make sure that my point would be fine with positive war. Three point three war, I think it was. So you know, go for it. Fair like, enough. Go sign Joseph Profile. He can play multiple positions. He can play second base, which saves us from Romy and Lurari and Lennon. Like, just go get Joseph Profile since you was well, too cheap to go get um James Segura. For the for the record, uh, I'm with uh, Melissa. I think uh, all the pixie dust was used last year to get the White Sox even to 500. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as lucky this year. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we'll have more podcasts as soon as this week, so tune in with us. Uh, so we'll be back sooner than you're ready for us.